It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Wait, has it been two years? Consequence Podcast Network. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence, the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here to check out the series. You know what to do, like what you see, what you hear. Hit that subscribe button. I uh, put out three new interviews every single week. New one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And that's me, Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Susanna Hoffs. Going to be catching up with the uh, Bengals co-founder about about a lot of things. Uh, she's got a brand new album called The Deep End. This finds her covering uh, folks like Billie Eilish, uh, Joy Oladikin, Brandi Clark, and produced by Peter Asher. She also has a new book. That's called The Bird Has Flown. As she'll tell us, it's about uh, a one-hit wonder type of story. And in fact, that book has already been optioned for a movie that she's uh, deep into the script for. I think, in fact, she might have, I think she said she finishes the script. She's finished the script already. So, so we're talking, we're talking new album, new book, and upcoming movie as well. Uh, let's jump right into this. It's Kyle Meredith with Susanna Hoffs. Hello. Well, let me say it's, it is great to see you again. Great to hear already a new record with uh, the deep ends. And the book that's coming out, I mean, by the way, most of the time, most of the time when an artist is writing a book, they don't have time for an album. I know. <laughs> What's going on over there? So, okay, I have to reconstruct the timeline. I, I was working on the book for many years. It was an absolute labor of love. It was kind of something I'd wanted to do my whole life because I love reading and I love being inside of stories, whether in a movie, a song, a book. Um, and I, and I, um, I'd always dreamed of doing it. And a few years back, I was just talking with my husband and kids about it. And my older son, Jackson said, mom, what are you waiting for? Just do it. So I just on my own kind of quietly was working for years on this novel and it was an unexpected pleasure. I, I didn't really, I'd never studied writing. I just, I, it's like with music. I'm, I'm self, I w- I've always been self-taught with music as well. I don't, I don't actually read, can't read a chart. It's, it's like a dirty little secret, but I guess it, it, I let that into the universe now, but the same with writing. I just, I just learned from books that I loved and, and loving story, loving being inside of a story. It's escapist for me. I don't have to I can escape my ruminations about my own life and just disappear into somebody else's journey. And, and so, um, yeah, so I just 
I just took the plunge, as they say, straight into the deep end. The album title is based on it, this incredibly, incredibly beautiful Holly Humberstone song, but it all fit with the story of both the novel and, you know, the how I remember throwing myself in when in the early 80s, when I was fresh out of university at UC Berkeley, and I was like, this is what I want to do. And I was going to see Patti Smith and the Sex Pistols and Winterland Ballroom. And I was so psyched about music. And so same same thing. I just threw myself into the deep end and hope that I could figure out how to stay afloat. It's interesting how it works together. So so we, you know, the deep end is the record. Uh, the bird is flown is the book. And they tell you to write what you know. And that's sort of what you did here, right? So, I mean, as, a, yeah. as I understand, we're talking about uh, as the, the tagline goes, it's sort of a one hit wonder story. Yeah, it's a one hit wonder set in the in the present, the present, the now, because um, I was writing it all through the pandemic. But um, uh, and so I didn't want the story to be like set in the pandemic, just just to clarify. Um, yeah, I just started to to kind of dream up the story and kind of using some favorite books from my childhood, like Jane Eyre, which I revisited over and over again. And a, there's a book, Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier that has a similar similar theme to the ghosts of our past. You know, will they always haunt us? Will we, will we, will we be able as human beings to kind of break through and find joy and connection in life? And so her journey as the character is that she had a big hit that was written by somebody else um, when she was 23, and now we find her at 33, kind of descending an elevator to do what's called a private gig, which most people don't aren't familiar with private gigs, but she has, she's been asked to perform at a bachelor party in Vegas, which she has, you know, a little bit of trepidation about, and she, you know, she's kind of been off the radar for a while, and she's put on the mini skirt, and She's worn the costume and, and you know, it, it kind of just goes from there and we see her sort of um, unexpectedly put on a plane to, to London because of the good graces of her longtime manager who could tell her that she's barely <laughs> staying afloat, you know, with with grappling with the failure of her career and, and a, a recent very devastating breakup. And then she meets this stranger on a plane and... I'll let the readers who want to go on their own journey with the book take it from there. But um, yeah, so I was able to use my experiences as a musician and also a person in the music business, which are two different things in my mind, um, and also write a book about love and connection and what matters and in life is from my point of view. And it couldn't have been more escapist and fun for me I that that's that's the thing it was many hours what I call in the chair writing but I I enjoyed it all the way through it's interesting you know the subject that you take because it's almost like a bit of um the possibility of an alternate timeline for your own love I mean, you're not a one-hit wonder you did have someone else you you did have a hit that someone else wrote yeah you know and 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 then it diverges from there I, so what kept you from also writing your own story and whether that's a memoir or something even closer to that? Um, that's interesting. I mean, songs are more, more memoir-esque in a sense. I always approach songs 
not, I was, I never, you know, there's some great storytellers, songwriters, you know, Paul Simon comes to mind, for example. Um, and the stories aren't necessarily his own stories, but some often they are, but sometimes they're not. Um, or Bruce Springsteen or, you know, so many artists. But I, it's possible that a memoir will be in the works down the line. It's not something I'm focusing on now that I've discovered the joy of writing fiction like literally playing with dolls, like the characters are like dolls and the whole the whole unfolding process of how I discovered how to, to how to write a novel. I, I never expected to honestly find myself in this very moment because I was so, where, where I have this novel coming out and very soon on Little Brown, which is the most wonderful imprint to be on. I mean, I just love the people there. My editor is great. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a challenge now for me to take on writing solo music, maybe, perhaps. Although I do love collaborating when it comes to music. And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies... Yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E. P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome back, Kyle Meredith with Susanna Hoffs. I have the new album coming out, um, The Deep End, and um, that came by, that came out of the blue. 
because I was so ensconced in writing the novel, I got a message from my longtime tour manager that Peter Asher wanted to make music with me. And this was like in the deep, deep throes of the pandemic when I was really blue in that moment. I remember um, feeling like hopeless, honestly, about music somehow. That how, even the fact that there's no way was no way to play live. There was no way to sit in a room and write a song and feel the like the energy of that, which is different from Zoom. Um, and also Zoom, you can't have two people. It, it didn't work. Zoom wasn't a format that we could really collaborate on music, as it turns out. So getting that call, it was like sun shines through the rain you know like it was it was crazy and then i i uh it was before the vaccine so as soon as we'd had gotten through that spring enough to be vaxxed i started to make these treks weekly by you know a couple times a week to malibu where peter lives and it was just so fun to sit in a room with a guitar in my lap testing out various songs and ideas and because I was so busy also multitasking with the book again I just you know drifted towards finding songs that fit you know that like putting on a dress trying on a shoe you just know in your throat when you sing it you can you set you know almost instantaneously with the song if, if it's going to fit and but, you know, I did three covers records with Matthew Sweet. Elvis Elvis and Sinatra, they are not viewed as cover singers <laughs> because they never, as far as I know, Elvis always sang other people's songs, as did Frank Sinatra, as did many, many artists. But now in this day and age with so many incredible singer-songwriters and, and bands that, you know, are are all about the writing, we they've become more categorized, like, this artist is a covers artist. I don't think of myself that way, but but yeah, it it just uh, it was a joyful thing. And then to have the the band that played on the records that informed my journey as a singer um, artist, Linda Ronstadt's "Heart Like a Wheel" record was so influential. So to be working with Russ Kunkel and Leland Sklar, Danny Korchmar, Wadi Wachtel. It was amazing, amazing during the pandemic, bubbling up with those guys and recording an insane amount of songs in a very short period of time. They're so cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, we're talking about Peter Asher and all the history he carries, those musicians and all the history they carry. But with a few exceptions, these are all pretty much newer songs, newer artists that you've done. It's it's not, you know, you think of that and you're like, oh, everybody's going to like, you know, we talked about that on your last record too. A lot of that was going back to your past. This looks like the exact opposite of that. It's, it's capturing something in the present. What led you in that direction? Um, just a desire to connect with new artists out there. And um, Peter was very, Peter is someone who is always discovering new artists like he he has a really great you know sort of method for just searching around to see what's going on i i partly because i've been so ensconced in the, in writing the novel i i have like these playlists on my phone that 
that did inform a lot of the writing on the book and are also just, you know, songs are the beginning, middle and end of every day for me, like my morning walk, I score with music and, and I would, it would affect the writing actually. But, but Peter has a great practice of just figuring out what's happening right now. And so he was the one who turned me on to, um, of course I knew of, of Billie Eilish, but he, he, he was, I think he might've pitched that specific song. Um, and also Holly Humberstone and, um, uh, the joy and I Roya don't know. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, the, I always put the syllable on the wrong, <laughs> you know, that phrase. So I had the, the, the wrong emphasis. Yeah. But joy's song. And it was really kind of crazy because we, she and I had a little text exchange and it, I had no idea that she was a Bengals fan. I just, because Peter Asher turned me on to her music, I just was utterly entranced and smitten with her writing and singing and just blown away. And then we had this fun little exchange. And then actually she sent me something to sing background vocals on. And, you know, it, it established a friendship there again during the pandemic when it's was so isolating of a time these connections with other musicians and artists were just so like it really was like could turn my mood around on a dime just just being co connection connection you know so at a time when we were all so isolated first off I assume everybody is a Bengals fan, so I would never be surprised in that myself. Oh. But, but too, I mean, she she really has. She, I feel like Joy has turned into even in that time one of the most important songwriters of this era, and and what she's uh -huh. writing out there. Yeah, it's incredible. It's it's so incredible, and um, I'm so happy for her, and she deserves every bit of accolade that she's getting, and um, you know, it's just it's just wonderful to connect with a new uh, group of brilliant artists making amazing stuff so yeah I that was just a great gift and I'm so grateful to Peter for kind of you know sharing all of his discoveries <laughs> and Holly as you mentioned and Brandy Clark and and the Billy song I thought was actually interesting and you know and you've got Ed Sheeran in there too and I, I'm only as we're talking about genres probably unfairly as I say this you know, they, they're more in the pop world than some of these other singer-songwriters are. But but like Billy's song, it feels like that's a different energy, specifically that song, not as an artist, but a different energy to tap into. Yet you still make it in this cohesive thing that sounds great with the rest of the album. It doesn't sound like an outlier that maybe I would have thought it would. Like, what, what was that part of the conversation? Well, one thing that just crossed my mind as you were saying that was that it wasn't something we went in knowing we would do this, but all we basically ended up with uh, having this wonderful screen, string quartet play on pretty much every song. I think actually on every song. It started out like, ooh, let's get them for the one. Oh, maybe they should do this one. And I'm quite convinced that the, that the string quartet plays on every single song so it became kind of be, because i had this affection for baroque folk and pop music of the 60s and i actually named my 
little record imprint, Baroque folk because of that, but it sort of stuck as a theme um, just through my life that I think because when I was a little kid growing up and you're always in the car and the F, the radio, the AM radio at the time, there I don't even think there was FM radio in the 60s here, but there was a lot, for some reason it would always prick up my ears when there'd be a little harpsichord or like an oboe on a Sonny and Cher song. And, and even my kids report to me now then when I would take them to school and we'd do the drives, I would always kind of remark on, check out that bass line, whether it was in like Ramble On, Rolling, uh, Led, Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin song or something, some piece of the arrangement would always tickle my fancy. Is that an expression? It seems really old fashioned. That's and, an expression. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it was something about, I mean, we have like a lot of eclectic instruments on the record. It was something actually David Kahn, who produced the first uh, two Bangles records, was he was a terrific arranger and often thought to throw in. And David Segerson, too. You know, I've, most of the producers I've worked with have had a really great ear for arrangement and sense sensibility for arrangement. So, um, but I do owe some of that, that to my connection to my little girl self growing up in the 60s. And I mean, I love the movies of the 60s and 70s that those eras were have informed a lot about the art that I've made. <laughs> and we'll be right back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Kyle Meredith with Susanna Hoffs. You cover Coconut Records, Jason Schwartzman. Oh, yeah. He, he comes from that world a lot, too. I mean, that's that's where he's pulling from. So it's interesting that you, or are you all, I mean, I know you're in the same area. Are you all actually friends? I mean, we're friends. I mean, I haven't spent that much time. And, and Robert uh, does, his brother Robert does um, a lot of documentaries with my friend Rick Krim. So, um but I, the, the Schwartzman family grew up in the same neighborhood as, as I did. I just sent a clip, a YouTube clip to a friend in England on the day that the Beatles came to our block in Brentwood. And the Schwartzman family lived uh, just down the street. And it was actually on their block. I don't know if it was their house at the time that the Beatles went to a some sort of event when they were in town to do the Hollywood Bowl shows. And so I, I've always, and also um, Jay worked with John, John Schwartzman, who's in a DP. I've had a connection, sort of a loose connection to the, their whole clan <laughs> for a long time. So um, getting to, to meet Jason at the studio when he came to listen to what we'd done with his music was really, really a treat. Um, and one of the best parts of it was that at the end of um, West Coast, I think, the song West Coast, there's a little uh, drum thing of like playing the ride cymbal that's, that, that I heard in my head 
because it's at the end of uh, uh, Dusty Springfield's Dusty Springfield's Son of a Preacher Man. If you ever listen through, get to the end. There's this little little drum thing that happens that every time I've ever listened to that song, I kind of do a joy dance <laughs> when that comes on. And it was such a great moment when when and I had asked Peter, can we? can we add that can we add this thing and I played him son of a preacher man it took forever to get to the song that day I was like wait for it wait for it wait for it there it is and so we did it and then Jason immediately goes I love that thing of the ride on the bell at the end and Peter looked at me and smiled he goes that was suicide <laughs> I felt so validated not that I needed to be but it was like that he he heard that and loved it. It made me feel like, yay. The thing that you've loved for so long now. It's yeah, as you say, the it. it's there. It on the record. And Jason was happy about it on his song. Those small moments, I mean, we've all got those with our favorite songs. Those small moments you think no one else is realizing what that, that little thing is right there. And it means that those come to mean so much. So much. Yeah. So I much. love that. The, the, and there are a couple parts on here I was going to bring up because uh, you do Black Coffee in Bed. Another ah. one of the greatest songs of all time. From from squeeze and also with, uh, with with Yazoo on there and and by the way the French horn on that on only you speaking of great musical moments I think it's a French yeah. horn or whatever that is but oh what a great moment of that track right there too I know it's one of those things where you just feel like it goes from two dimensional to three dimensional you know because it's like becomes suddenly cinematic and that's something that was so fun working with Peter. It was like anytime one of us would sit in the room and go, what about this? What about that? And then we would, it would be like asking for the moon <laughs> and getting it, you know, like it just was crazy. I don't know. It's so fun. And I just, yeah, I can't wait to, you know, do more interviews like this where we can talk about it because it's been uh such a crazy busy time so great yeah now those moments are all throughout there and even like you know i was thinking like um with those two bands specifically with yaz and and uh and and uh and uh squeeze you know you have the newer artists and you have the classic artists and then those are what i would have guessed would have been your contemporaries in your earliest days you know yeah. especially with the way you've done black coffee in bed because now it's gone from i mean it's what did i write down blue-eyed new wave soul like it's yeah. all sort of there is i don't know is it because a great song is a great song but is it different when it's sort of your contemporaries do you, does it feel any different with you know the song or how you approach it your relationship wow that's such a good question i feel like every time that i want to i mean this was the case with matthew sweet by the way i mean as we as we've discussed singing other people's songs has been part of my entire life. Even in the Bangles, one of the ways that we figured out how to be a band and even to write together was we covered a lot of songs that we loved. All our club shows were just 60s songs that were like kind of on, on, on. I, I've now been connected with Lenny Kay recently on email and um, from Patti Smith's group, you know, obviously, but uh his Nuggets albums. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Absolutely. Yeah, I've got them right over the, uh, the the screen here. There you go. Were so important in my life. So to your question about taking on my contemporaries from the 80s songs, right? 
these were songs that I loved so much and, and bands and artists that I worship that they, they are not only part of, they, they're part of those memories for me of the eighties, but it was, it was such a heady time being on tour and just that whole decade was the bangles for me, you know, that first experience of being in a band and being on Columbia Records and touring constantly and having occasion from time to time to meet some of these um, peers slash idols that um, it was really exciting to kind of revisit that time period and do our own spin on it and to sing songs that anytime they come on the radio, I'm singing along to. So it was like very natural. And I'd always put that that high harmony. Whenever I hear um, Only You, I always just sing, I sing that harmony to it. And for years I was like, I really should record this um, and do that harmony. So I had my chance. I'm really glad you did. It's Thank uh you. and there, there's so many highlights on it. And then I could go on to see the, the swagger that you bring to see you don't mind and the bounce that's there. I love that one. Of course, under my thumb is out there as a single and and what you're doing with that um it really is this is such a fun album uh, and i can't wait to dig into the book as well and i've already heard i've heard that you've already signed the movie rights so this is i've already, is... I've already written the script it's, wow. it's, yeah yeah i've been maybe um unhealthily busy i don't know i'm smiling my way through it because each thing is just like wait i get to do this now I get to do that. Ah, this is so wonderful. Yeah. So during the last year to couple of years, all of these th pieces of the puzzle started falling into place. And very early on, e even before I started doing the editing editing process with my wonderful editor at Little Brown on the on the on the manuscript on the novel. Um, there was interest from the film world because you know they get sent manuscripts really early on. Um, and I had the great fortune of two women, Bruna Papandrea and Liza Chasen, who have made some of my favorite movies and television shows. Um, they actually work separately from and often, but they from time to time they they join forces to produce a project and they jumped on board. Universal jumped on board and, and uh, yeah, I, I, it was all so fast that I, I didn't know what was happening. I was like, wow, it was one good thing after another, you know? And um, so, as I said, yeah, I've, I've written the screenplay. I, I've been bouncing back, but the, the, apart from the record being kind of its own universe, <laughs> I, I, the book and the movie are, you know, it's, it's an adaptation of the novel. So it was really quite, the story was in my mind, the characters, I, I know them, I feel like they're my friends. So their voices, I, I know, yeah, it was it was really fun to write the screenplay. Do you do you have the casting in your head, the I wish have, list? I have a lot of casting ideas. Um, even when I was writing the book, I would just look at pictures of, of, of different actors, sort of like, even before the, I knew the movie thing was happening, I just I just like to look at faces, you know, and just dream of like, well, maybe one day there'll be a film version of this and who would play the, Tom and who would play Jane and who would play Pippa and who would play Will and Freddie and all the characters in the book. So 
um, it was fun to kind of collect little, like a mood board kind of, you know? Yeah, I, I'm hoping that we're about to get into a really good era maybe for, you know, the music movie, the rock and roll movie. Daisy Jones is out there and I've been so captivated by that. I've, I've been so much in that world right now. And it's, and as I've said before, because uh, I had uh, I had Scott Newstatter on here um, talking recently, and we were because he's screenwriter, showrunner, and and I said it's so hard to make a movie or or a television series that's actually true, you know, it, to to what yeah. it's like to be a musician. Like it, it, it I don't know yeah. why, but it seems like it's hard, and I feel like they pulled it off. And I imagine that, you know, because because you are in this world that it's that you can pull this off too. But uh, but that's not the easiest thing somehow to 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 bring that to screen. No, and I really, I really, in the in the working on the editing of the book, I really, I I have internalized the process of stepping onto a big stage and your heart's beating. You fear the the audience can hear it. You know, like you're so you have to kind of become this other person in that moment. You have to take your just daily life, Michigas, uh, to to use an ex Yiddish expression, but. Uh, in just fucking, <laughs> you know, bring it, you know, bring it on or, you know, like unleash the other person inside of you who has the, 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 the sass and the, I don't know, to do something like that, to just start fucking playing and singing and, 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 and lighting up the stage in some way, you know, bringing that energy and, and and yes, it's really hard to do it. That that's one of the fun things um, that I'm going to be getting into with my with that I got into with my screen adaptation of the of the concert scenes, you know. And um, yeah, and even the struggle to write a song is very hard to portray. I I just reached out to Taylor Jenkins Reid on Instagram, and so now we're going to get together. I think even tomorrow. Um, but it was so fun because I'm such a fan of her book, and 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 her and I've just started another one of her books, but and the show. And um, wow, I just um, I, I, yeah, it's been so fun to get to know other authors, but also people who write about music. There's like a subgenre in literature about people who write about. I just met Nick Hornby recently. Um, I, I, I'm starting to meet all these authors who, I don't know if you even call it a subgenre, but you know, obviously, um, and and you know, Cameron Crowe did such good. He, he was so inside the scene that I always, I almost famous is is one of the great. Like that's the crowning. That's that's the number one rock movie. For, like it's hard to beat that, you know. It's... Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the one that the, the thing that I always say to people when they say like, "What's it like being in a band?" And I always say, "Watch Spinal Tap." Honestly, <laughs> Spinal Tap. I mean, and my character is a one hit wonder. I know what it's like to have ups, and I know what it's like to have downs, and nobody cares when you put out a record too, you know. So I, it's just Spinal Tap. Or, or you walk on a stage and everything's wrong, nothing's working, and you're trying to be like a showman and pretend the show must go on, you know. But it's uh, Spinal Tap is is a must see for anyone who wants to see rock a great example of an accurate rock and roll story. <laughs> it's for the greats for a reason. Um, yeah. I, I hope that all of you all start some kind of Algonquin roundtable uh, at some points. All you oh. musical authors, that would mm, yeah, yeah. 
There's an author that I've just met also recently, Emma Straub, who wrote a great book called Modern Lovers. I love it. And the cat, there's a cat in it called Iggy Pop. I there's like a whole, yeah, I'm just starting to find, you know, my compadres in this genre. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I can't wait for all of it to, to, to come out. Um, I'm seriously, you know, I'm such a fan of what you do. I love what you do. And The Deep End is so much fun to listen to. Oh. Uh, Susanna, it's always so great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Till next time. Till next time. I can't wait till we do this again. Yes. And my thanks to Susanna Hoffs. Uh, and uh, you can jump further into my series and find uh, some of our previous interviews in here as well. Just search for Kyle Meredith with Suzanne Hoffs. Thanks to you for checking out the episode. Uh, before you get out of here, I do hope you hit that subscribe button. Again, it's three new interviews every single week, new and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover the new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with... Then after that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the uh, social media spots. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all three of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Consequence Podcast Network. Time is a, a construct. <laughs> it's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.